Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha, everybody. It's been like a week and a half break, and now you can look forward to your shows back at the original time. So they're going to come out on Thursdays. New podcasts will drop on Thursdays, unless I tell you otherwise, but pretty much we're going to stick to the Thursday schedule. So there's been a lot of interesting developments this week, some that are unfolding right now as I'm recording that I'm keeping an eye on for you. It's been crazy. Uh, I don't have any personal anecdotes for you, except that I've been working out every day, feeling good, enjoying that endorphin life and I hope that you're doing something nice and good for yourself just yourself because you want to it doesn't have to be a resolution don't get pressured into telling people what your resolution is it's your business and if you have something you want to try once and never do it again that's fine too I just hope you're doing something for you this week and with that let's get into the show So the last debate that's going to take place before we whittle things down to one Democratic, I was about to say contestant, you guys. I'm really tired. It does seem like a contestant on a never-ending game show. But nominee is the correct word. That debate was last night. There were only white people there. And the two women were Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren. Cory Booker has dropped out of the race, um, which is sad. Uh, my baby daddy, Julia and Castro, dropped out of the race. That was also sad. I really hope he's going to be someone's vice president. He'd be, I mean, he. I hope he could get to be president one day because he was representing. He was representing for the cause. He would bring up police brutality every time. He was not. He was with it. He was with it. Um, so... There's like some drama going on now between our two most progressive candidates who are actually friends, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. We all know that the Bernie bros are the type of people, they're like vegans. I mean, I love vegetables and sometimes I want a meatless meal and I'm lactose intolerant, but vegans will make you want to go just eat a cow raw just to spite them because they won't stop. And that's how I feel about Bernie bros. I just think they, um, from my first introduction, it was harassment from day one. Like I, I remember the person who first started really was like, well, why aren't you, have you thought about him? Well, why aren't you interested in him? Like, I was like, but I, but you just, you just tried to like introduce me to something and then get me to be a zealot about it in a 15 second period. That doesn't make sense. Can I formulate my thoughts? So, yeah. So I'm not actually in a like Buddhist, relaxing, tranquil pond garden area. What you're hearing in the background is that the pets have like this water fountain thing that squirts water out of a little umbrella floral shaped ornament. Um, I think I'm going to turn it off. One second. Okay. It's off. And now the dog is looking at me suspiciously from her nap go back under your blanket everything's fine so I say all that to say that um I'm gonna get into now I'm gonna give you the background on the newest friction that's happening between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders but I needed to tell you about this story first that's a little bit complicated so there is an account that Bernie Sanders apparently said that he did not think a woman could be elected for president. Now, I'm going to be honest with you right now. It's very easily easy to believe that he said that. And um, I don't think when people say that they're saying that they don't think women can be president. They're like reading the room. And I and I say this now to bring up that it's just suspicious to me. I mean, it's sketchy on both sides. Okay, so anyway, what you need to know is that this is a story because uh, that this is a meeting that happened in uh, allegedly in December 2018 and you only know about it I only know about it because of four people who gave this account two of the people are people Warren spoke to directly soon after the encounter encounter and two of the people are just 
people who were familiar with the meeting. So after this story was published, Warren backed up the account saying in a statement on Monday, I thought a woman could win. He disagreed. And everything has snowballed from there. So Bernie Sanders has vehemently denied this, that he said this, and it happened in the debate. He said it was like the most ridiculous thing that could have ever been said. Um, I just think thou doth protest too much. Now, did Elizabeth Warren say she was going to play fair? She did. Did this story probably leak from her camp? Maybe. Um, Is it fair if it actually happened? Yes. Do I think... Bernie Sanders really meant like women can't be president. Women aren't functional as president. No. Do I think he likely said, I don't think the country's ready for a woman president yet? Yes, because we all say stuff like that. People have said stuff like that. Um, They were more ready for a black man than they were a woman. Women in America don't seem to like ourselves very much as shown by our voting habits. I mean, there's like feel like Saudi Arabia and like everywhere else has had female prime ministers except for us. We're quite literally the last standing, I believe. Um, I know that there are conservative African countries that have had a female prime minister. India has. I mean, so we just don't do that. So it, I think it makes sense to be, you know, curious about what the reason the holdout is. But yeah, I mean, I think it's equally unlikely that Bernie remembers exactly what he said two years ago. Um, as as it is that he remembers, as it is that he never, ever said anything like that. But so that beef has spiraled. So now the Bernie bros are saying that Elizabeth Warren is a snake and she absolutely cannot be trusted and are releasing the hashtag Never Warren. Fortunately, some actual official people from Bernie's camp are piping up and saying that the hashtag is unacceptable. And then some other helpful people are like, this never worn hashtag is the most white supremacist thing I've ever seen. And then black Bernie bros were like, I'm a white supremacist. And it's like, okay, fine. Maybe you're not guilty of white supremacy, but you're guilty of guilty of coonery and buffoonery. Because why would you do this again. We're going to do this to ourselves again. It's going to be one of these remaining people. Oh, as I'm talking, I hope I don't make myself sound like a hypocrite for how much I hate on Pete Buttigieg, but it's just to you guys. It's just to you guys. Um, it's going to be one of these people. Why would you, why would you vilify one of them like that? And also if she released something that is true that she didn't have to release, but she did it strategically it does this really say something about her morals that you cannot abide with. She wants to win and she wants to win, not because she's a megalomaniac or she would have done this a long time ago. I suspect she wants to change our country in a major way after years and years of studying bankruptcy. And this is someone who knows numerically, factually, she knows the trends. She knows anthropologically that America is set up for us to fail right now. We cannot thrive with the way things are and, it's it's engineered that way and she wants to change it and I'm just not sure what her releasing the story would really tell you that's so dastardly that you're like never Warren never Warren it's not like she was outside you know pouring gasoline on the Australian bushfires so everyone needs to calm down um as for the debate she did own them she used that so they asked a question about it and she said well I'm not really gonna get into it Bernie's my friend, but what I will say is, on the topic of women running, look at the men on this stage. They have lost 10 elections between them, and only the women on the stage have won everything they've ever run for. I just think that, you know, any opportunity to call some white men, some old white men's losers is funny. We just need, you know, we need to... You just need to point things out, shake it up. Just shake it up, Liz. Shake it up. It was amusing to me. So that was a cute moment. Other than that, the debate was not super interesting. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's see. What else did I I take notes on? Um, I said that Joe Biden's eyes are unelectable. He must stop squinting. Stop it right now. Yeah, I stand by that. You look confused all the time. 
you just there's just things that you can't do and one of them is look confused all the time that needs to stop um what else is in my notes okay that was my let's see debates 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 oh pete Buttigieg gave a really delightful reply to the question of race he said you know, your own, your polling number, the question was shady as fuck. It was like, your polling numbers, you know, with blacks are atrocious. They didn't say atrocious, but something like that. Um, you say that they need a chance to get to know you. What if the case that is that they do know you and this is how they feel? <laughs> it was essentially like, black people already know you and have decided you're trash. How do you respond? I mean, in fairness to him, that is what the question was. He said, and all he said, the black voters that know me very well love me. This fool said, so basically all the black people that don't like him, you just don't really know him. You just not really down. Like you're not invited to his um, fondue party. I was going to say barbecue, but he seems like he would eat fondue. He seems like he has a fondue, like matching fondue set and sticks that have like name tags on them so that you don't get your little dippers mixed up at a party. Um, yeah. And then he lauded himself for putting, and he, he didn't even call it police brutality. He called it excessive force, which I think is funny to try to like avoid just invoking the image or the word police. He said, and I, I brought, we brought excessive force to the forefront of the conversation he said that his fumbling of the whole situation and firing black police chiefs and all that was like he turned it into a positive. He nailed the question, what is what's what's your worst attribute like on a job interview? I work too hard. He said he fumbled this bungled racial situation where there was a shooting of a black man and then somehow he ended up deciding what he should do is reduce his police force in his time from like 40 black police officers to like three at the end of his tenure. I'm not saying he fired each one of those. I'm saying like it's just indicative of how the environment was. He said that that brought the excessive force to, to the forefront as if it was like on purpose. You see what I did there? I fucked it up so we could talk about it because I'm creating change. I am the change that MLK wanted to see in the world. Yes, I'm done with him. And if you cannot see the way he looks at people when they say something he doesn't like, this is someone who will stab you in the jugular with a ballpoint pen. I don't know why y'all don't hear me. And that's all I have to say about that. We're just going to have to see where things lie. Oh, Andrew Yang is still in the race, even though he wasn't on stage. I I do hope these qualifications change. It's a very weird thing in general. Before I go, well, go off of this topic, let me say I have expressed that I'm just getting increasingly annoyed with the news. It's been really, especially with the Iran crisis that we had, it's became so important to turn on something else, BBC, Al Jazeera, to actually find updates about what's going on and not the same pundits orchestrated talking about little minutia like car. It's written. It's like it's like a podcast. It's carved out to be interesting. And then I was like, wait a minute, how come? These shows, you know, on MSNBC, um, Ari Melber's finest, the beat, Ari Call Me, I'm, even though I'm shading your network, the beat, um, what else? Uh, the Chris Matthews show, Rachel Maddow show, they repeat at like 11 p.m. How is that news? What if something happens at 11 p.m. that's a new thing, new news? So I was just like, wait a minute. This is trash. I'm so frustrated. It's just so hard to get information. And if it's hard to get information for people who obsessively want information, then what is the rest of our country doing? And so to that, I say like this blending between cable, paid cable networks and our governmental processes, I'm not comfortable with anymore. So if the debates are legitimate, like I just I need someone to verify for me what the formality, what the legitimacy of the debates are, because if we are to rely on them, they should not be on, you know, CNN and NBC. They should be on like PBS or something like that or ABC or the networks that are free. And they they just 
the rules need to be fixed. It's it's confusing. When you look at the stage, you think that's who's still running. You would just assume that's the case. So the whole monetary requirements and points requirements, if you're still running, you're still running. You should be in the debate. All right. That's all I got to say about that. So when I was recording the last podcast, the assassination of Suleimani had just happened and I was certain that more, you know, would come out as a result of that. And unfortunately, it did. Iran launched two missiles at U.S. military air bases in Iraq. So no one was killed through those attacks. And people have speculated that this was a warning. You know, you have to retaliate to show, you know, strength, etc. But if they really intended to kill, say, a bunch of civilians or even a bunch of soldiers, they would have. Um, however, tragically, one of the missiles hit a Ukrainian airliner and I believe it was 175 people were killed, including some 60 Canadians. So the first couple days, this just seemed to be, well, a very improbable coincidence. And then it became clear that the plane was intentionally shot down, not in an attempt to kill civilians, intentionally as in Iran being afraid of the U.S. because Trump is bombastic and psychotic. They were so on alert that human error allowed them to shoot down a plane when they saw something that was flying in the sky. So I yes, I blame this on Trump. I do blame it on Donald Trump. And we wouldn't you know, things wouldn't have escalated to this position if it weren't for him. And even if they did want to take out a leader, there is. Killing and a very important figure in another country and there's pouring salt into the wound, rubbing it, mocking it, making condescending tweets, getting on TV and pronouncing the guy's name all crazy. Like, I don't get how some New Yorkers I'm from Buffalo. I get you have a New York accent and stuff. But if you hear like 900 people call the dude Kassan Suleimani, how are you just going to get on and be like Kasim Suleimani? Like, that's weird. It, it seems like it's a more effort to t- say it wrong. So, again, I don't know if this is just. Yeah, I don't know what the kind of fucking name Trump is. I don't know what country that's from. It sounds made up. So if you are just trying to show us that anything that you don't perceive as white, you're just going to butcher like I guess that's in keeping. But anyway, I'm not saying this man like deserves a ton of respect. And he was probably an evil, despotic leader just the same way. I mean, he was confirmed despotic leader the way that. Trump is a despotic leader. Actually, are you a despot if you're doing well? Iran is very divided politically. Some of the, a lot of the people, you know, many have fled here who don't agree with the government, and many there do. So it's a very complicated place that I don't pretend to know a lot about. But I will say there was some interesting media coverage. Um, so Chris Matthews, who's a pretty brilliant old dude, was saying that there is some nuance. That Trump lacks, which is, I mean, like, that's obvious. But because someone is a terrorist to us, and I think this is also goes for his very, very simple-minded supporters, that doesn't mean that they're viewed as such in another country. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that, you know, we're American, we have American values? You're saying, yes, yes, you do. But it means that you should be able to understand the optics of things so as to ascertain whether you are starting a war or not. War should only be started very intentionally. You know, we talk a lot of intentionality and meditation and yoga and wellness. You want to talk about something that should be intentional? Starting a war. That's, you got to be real, real clear about that. So Chris Matthews was saying that, you know, when the streets are flooded with thousands of thousands of people in Iran, like no one forced those people to be there. Okay. There are men sobbing on TV, sobbing, ugly crying, snot flying. I mean, I I was shocked because I can't necessarily think of a celebrity who I would cry that way over. There hasn't been one in my lifetime. Like, I guess that would be MLK, the people that, you know, that's the type of person you run out to the streets for. And I think Chris Matthews said, like, you know, the Beatles, MLK, Elvis, like, People that can mobilize thousands of people to run around en masse and scream and cry and act crazy, these are rare figures. 
So you should know when you're killing one of them and what kind of unrest in that society that you fomented. Because now we can worry about for generations to come, fans of Suleimani telling their toddlers about what Americans did that was wrong. So we have like generations of people that can grow up with new vendettas against America. We are just not safe to ever stop thinking about a retaliation. So in a bit of infotainment, trash, devilment, evil, twisting of facts and context, Laura Ingraham, I sometimes turn on Fox, as you guys know, because I just... I, for as long as I can stomach it, I'm interested in seeing what actually goes on. I'm like, what is it other people are consuming in this country? I'm always horrified and I always need like a stiff bourbon to, to take the edge off. But Laura Ingraham, who looks like if an anus could talk, if I'm mean, she does, you just got to look at it. Um, her her fish lip hole injections thing. It looks like a fl- just flaps of skin that would be inside your butt. So. She had a segment that said, okay, is Suleimani just like Elvis? How? We'll, we'll let you know when the break comes back. And so then the segment happened. It was like literally a minute long, not long enough to delve into anything meaningful, if you even intended on being meaningful. And she played a snippet of Chris Matthews. And honest to God, in the snippet that she showed you still could understand that the comparison that he was drawing about people running to the streets. Like, I don't even think you were able to extract that. But yet and still, she he just said, you know, Elvis running to the streets, did it or running the streets. And then she was like, Suleimani's like Elvis, the liberals, man. And then her panelists were just like, oh, the liberals, they're just insane. They've just got everything backwards. And it's like, bitch, are you for real right now? I don't I want to say that I've never seen a clip that's that out of context presented to me on a liberal news site. When I see something that's really seems outrageous, I normally go look up the whole thing and it's just as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> like that's that's what usually happens. So yeah, it's not though that's not a two-way street, this bending of information. It's really not. Breaking news. I just read that Iran's President Hassan Roussani has lashed out on the U.S. and Europe in a televised speech today. He slammed the EU's failure to keep promises and under the 2015 nuclear deal. And um, U.S. troops are insecure in the region today, he said. This is today, the 15th, and might, there might be in danger tomorrow. Um, he said the U.S. should leave. He accused it of making the region insecure. And he said... It should apologize to Tehran for the previous crimes. So this isn't over. This is just beginning. Um, so stateside, some interesting things that happened were two, two Republicans had a little mini defection. They basically came out and said that the briefing for Iran was a piece of shit. Crock of crap. Crock, crock pot of crack? Crock pot of crap, as we already knew. Um, this was GOP senators Mike Lee from Utah and Rand Paul from Kentucky. They said that the closed door briefing they had on Wednesday, um, Mike Lee was really going in. He said it was one of the most disrespectful things that had ever happened to him in his career. He was pissed. He said it was a disgrace. It was the worst briefing he'd ever had. Um, he said that officials warned that Congress would embolden Iran if the lawmakers debated Trump's war powers. He said he and he found this insulting and demeaning. I find this insulting and demeaning, he said, to the office that each of the 100 senators in this building happened to hold. I find it insulting and demeaning to the Constitution of the United States. Um, But those senators are now supporting a resolution, which is on the floor, that will mandate that Congress's involvement before Trump gets to use military powers willy-nilly. So it's just an outrageous situation we find ourselves in, having... I don't know who thought Trump was just going to be a figurehead that was easily easy to manipulate, but you guys misgage that because he's a megalomaniac. He's a narcissist. He's crazy. He can't think about the future very clearly or consequences to his actions. So with that and his extreme talent for just announcing he doesn't know people he's clearly consorted with as they all go to jail, everyone except him. 
that's a recipe for disaster. So yeah, let's let's vote. Let's have resolutions to rein it in. But none of this should have ever happened in the first place. And I think we all know who to hold responsible. And I guess it'll take history and hindsight to flog them and give them their due. I don't know what's going to I don't know. But people should be ashamed. More breaking news. The Australian bushfires are being put out because it started to rain. This is great news for what was an insane, insane emergency and was destroying so much of the precious wildlife in Australia that can only be found in Australia and displacing people from their homes. So this is a great blessing and very, very happy news. Very exciting news. All right, more news from this evening, January 15th in the evening. The articles of impeachment have been passed on from Nancy Pelosi to the Senate. So if you remember in like after the impeachment concluded, I was confused and I was like, oh, Nancy has to pass those articles. When will those articles get to the Senate? And I was like, wait, does Nike have to run and carry them in a scroll to Mount Olympus? Well, yes, I was correct. They actually literally needed to physically be signed and handed over. So that's what happened today. Nancy Pelosi and her squad of beautiful black, brown, Jewish, Latino people. It's just when you watch these proceedings and you just look at the last names of the people on the on the Democratic side, and then you look at the last names of the people on the GOP, it's just so evident that one side is descended from wasp slave owners, and the other side is like a melange of America. You can almost imagine why we get on their nerves if you were like a racist, hateful person. Like, there's just so many Jewish people, so many New York accents, so many black people, people named Hassan, Hassan Jeffries, fine ass, like, Maxine Waters was one of the people to sign. And then they all, um, who's the other black lady who's really pretty and looks like that actress. She looks like, um, beautiful, beautiful Natalie Bell Calloway. What's her name? I don't know why I said that Vanessa Bell Calloway, but I forget this Congresswoman's name, but she was killing it with her questioning. She was one of the people to sign it. So all the, all the, um, house committee leaders, they were signing the articles and then everyone walked them over to Senate except for Nancy. I don't know why Nancy wasn't included, but Nancy's like, I did my part. So it was very interesting, but also a lot of pomp and circumstance for something that's a bad thing. So it just, again, brought to mind like the ritualistic bullshit that we are beholden to. But we're going to get into rituals. Believe you me, we have a lot of rituals to talk about. Um also, I just want to make a note that Donald Trump makes fun of Nancy's teeth all the time, and she does have some mannerisms and quirks, but like, who the f- eternal living fuck is he to talk about affects or mannerisms, A, number one. B, she's 80 years old, and she has fly. Nancy looks good. Sometimes she has too much eyeshadow on or whatever. Some people around me have pointed out, but she is like put together and looks beautiful every day, and she looks like 65, so... Everyone stop playing yourself. You wish you could slay like Nancy when you get to be 80 years old and nails done, hair done, everything did all the time. What? And we're impeaching people. What? And we're the speaker of the house. What? Okay. I just had to give her a little shout out because I see you, Nancy. I see what you're doing. You're a bad bitch and I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So what does this mean going forward? Well, tomorrow we will actually have a trial um, start, but I think there also able to do some vote as soon as this proceedings underway take <laughs> as soon as proceedings get underway i believe they're able to take another vote in which the whole thing could be overturned anyway so there's just a lot of proceeding and pop and pomp and circumstance that is like we're going to have to just watch and learn as it happens cuz some of this i definitely don't remember from clinton i was a kid Um, But I do know that the whole, oh, we're not going to have any witnesses, that this trial is unheard of. It's never happened in in an impeachment or in any trial 
because that's just not how trials work. So if if they really try to block all witnesses, like this is Lee Nadler, who is going to serve as the lawyer for the Democratic side. He said, you know, we're going to watch what they do. And if they try to block all those the witnesses, then we know it's a sham. It's not a real, not a true process. Now, I don't know what they can do about it being a sham, but th- that's what he said. OK, so even more juicy news has come out. Actually, in one hour, Love Parnas, who has been indicted by the Southern District of New York, this is the Rudy Giuliani associate, as we'll call it. He has an interview with Rachel Maddow. It's going to come on at nine o'clock. I've, t- I've taped it. I'm going to watch it. And he says that President Trump was lying. He knew all along about everything that was going on regarding pressuring Zelensky to make the announcement about Biden, which we... We knew that, but it's always good to have information presented in a different way for those of us in America who are slow. And also, you know, it's TV. Because how many people can we keep spinning? Everyone who is working for Trump and gets caught cannot be like a never-Trumper. Why would a Rudy Giuliani associate be a never-Trumper? So I really want to know what, what what the party line is about this. So far, Trump has just said... I don't know him. I don't know. Trump is, as we know, amazing for pulling a Mariah Carey. He don't know her. He don't know her. He don't know her. He don't know her. But let me pull you up the actual evidence that. So this is new evidence that is going to be included in the impeachment while providing that, you know, McConnell allows facts and shit that are pertinent to the issue at hand be allowed. And I laugh because I want to cry because he might not. They're really just trying to literally block the process from happening in a way that makes any kind of sense. But Lev Parnas wrote on a notepad, get Zelensky to announce Biden investigation. This was at like a Austrian Ritz Carlton. I don't remember what what country. Um, Then there were also messages with this person who's running for Congress named Hyde. This person who was so foul that he had to have his comments taken down from Twitter that he made about Kamala Harris when she bowed out of the race, he said that he he shared the article and wrote, she went down on her knees and she blew it and it must be hard to swallow. Like, who the fuck do you think you're talking about like that? Like, it was so gross. But he has WhatsApp conversations, which, I mean... I saw one of the news anchors say, well, we all know WhatsApp is not really used for like official correspondences. I'm like, me? It's used for when I meet men in foreign countries. So that's what I use WhatsApp for. So no, nothing nothing toward is happening on, on, on WhatsApp. So he is talking with another guy about following and hurting um, Yovanovitch, who's already gone through it, as we know. The texts say they are moving her tomorrow. The guys asked me, what would I like to do and what is in it for them? And and they said something like, for money, anyone in Ukraine will do anything for money. Now, if you remember, Yovanovitch was told after she was let go from her position, you need to get out of here. It's not going to be safe for you here. You need to leave. And so she left on the first plane out. So these are the kinds of shady dealings that are going on, which should, should surprise none of us who live in New York, are familiar with Trump's past, have ever had a landlord, have ever met a landlord, you know, have ever watched a mob movie. Like, this is how shit goes down. You intimidate, harass, kill, disappear people. And this is what, this is how Trump is comporting himself. This is how he always has. So to add to the mess, uh, Rudy Fuliani has a letter now that's been surfaced. And it says, this was a letter that... um, it fell into the committee's hands because it was on Love Parnas's phone. He had texted a copy of the letter to one of Zelensky's aides, and this was just him trying to attack, you know, Zelensky. It penetrates Zelensky's little circle of influence from all angles to get them to take this meeting with Fuliani. I hear now bequeath him Fuliani. So it says, I am private counsel to President Donald J. Trump. Just to be precise, I represent him as a private citizen, not at pres- not as president of the United States. 
This is quite common under American law because the duties and privileges of a president and a private citizen are not the same. Separate representation is usual process. Um, so every, take everything that he said in him. It's literally extremely uncommon and is not done. And the fact that you would just write to this guy like he's an idiot, like he's a president of Ukraine. Ukraine's a small country. They're not in the EU. They're, is that why you think they just are have garbage for brains? Like, he knows what's sketchy and what's not. You're really going to try to tell him, hey, I'm just a private dude working for the president. It's really normal for presidents of other countries to have people that don't actually work in the government go scout around and do for things for them with other countries that they have, like, relationships with and give aid to. Yikes, Zelensky should be so offended. I'm sure he just rolled his eyes and was like, it's Tuesday, the world is corrupt, you know, because people who know don't really think Americans perfect and less corrupt than the rest of the world in a very significant way. But um, let's see. Here we got some ellipses and it says, however, I have a more specific request. In my capacity as personal counsel to President Trump and with his knowledge and consent, I request a meeting with you on this upcoming Monday, May 13th, or Tuesday, May 14th. So, again, I keep reading this and I'm trying to think what the defense is, what they're going to say. So, they're, you know, the whole impeachment trial, what do I even call the thing that happened before? Impeachment hearings, I guess. It was this, there was no shakedown. So, I can't remember what the Republicans are alleging they actually would have met over that's valid. Like, I legitimately cannot remember why this meeting would be considered legitimate. So I'll just have to wait to see what what they say. But anyway, that's a taste. There's going to be more to come, more documents to come. Like I said, 9 p.m. Well, it doesn't matter what time it is because you'll be hearing this in the morning. But soon this interview is going to come out. I I want to see more of the documents. I want, you know, the interview doesn't matter. And people can always, unfortunately, when you hang around with all criminals like Trump, you get to say then, oh, they're criminals. Don't believe them when they try to rat you out, um, which is honestly uh, not a it's not a dumb tactic. It's it works for him. So we're just going to have to watch the interview for kind of entertainment, but wait to see what real documents will come forward. But I'm interested in more texts, more screenshots, pictures of notepads scattered around Europe, things like that. And now we are here to discuss the details of a very titillating situation. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Miss Meghan Markle, Her Royal Highness, and His Royal Highness Harry, Prince Harry, have departed the royal family. (laughs) Okay, let's get right to it. I'm going to redo... The statement they made first, if you did not get to read that whole thing, I have it here for you. Don't worry. All right. It's right here. All right. Here we go. After many months of reflection and internal discussions, we have chosen to make a transition this year in starting to carve out a progressive new role within this institution. We intend to step back as senior members of the royal family and work to become financially independent while continuing to fully support Her Majesty the Queen. It is with your encouragement, particularly over the last few years, that we feel prepared to make this adjustment. We now plan to balance our time between the United Kingdom and North America, continuing to honour our duty to the Queen, the Commonwealth and our patronages. This geographic balance will enable us to raise our son with an appreciation for the royal tradition into which he was born, while also providing our family with the space to focus on the next chapter, including the launch of our new charitable entity. We look forward to sharing the full details of this exciting step in due course as we continue to collaborate with Her Majesty the Queen. The Prince of Wales, the Duke of Cambridge, and all relevant parties. Until then, please accept our deepest thanks for your continued support. Their Royal Highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So they quit, essentially, is what that says. And I have never been so turned on by someone who 
wasn't my husband doing something for his wife who's not me ever. This, this, you better protect your family here. You better do that. You better do the damn thing. Okay, so let's, of course, this caused major backlash because what is white supremacy? It's harassing the fuck out of someone and then being like, wait, where'd you go? What are you, what are you upset about? I don't see racism. Where is it? What is that? Is that like an everlasting gobstopper? Yeah, so let's take it back to the beginning because we really need to break down some of these misconceptions and accusations against Meghan Markle. So Meghan Markle, if you never heard of her before you, she married Prince Harry, that's not crazy. She's an actress. She's not an Oscar winner, but she's a working actress who has made millions of dollars on television. I knew who she was because I pay attention to stuff like that. And I was having a conversation with some friends who were like, oh, I didn't even know she was black. And I'm like, really? Uh, to me, I grew up in a time where diversity on TV was not plentiful. And I knew that I wanted to, in my heart, like I knew I wanted to be in this industry. So whenever I saw the black girls growing up for me on, on a show were like Zoe Zaldana, that was the blackness. Shit, I, I think I've said before, I'll take a brunette. If there was a brunette with a slight curl on her hair, I'm like, that's me. You're representing. I feel represented. Like, so when I was flipping through the stations a couple of years ago and I saw on TNT, I saw Meghan Markle and I was like, oh, cool. There's a black girl on suits because I'm always assessing stuff like that. I'm like, how are black women being portrayed? What kind of thing roles are they allowed to have? Who who are they going to be cast against? Who are they in a relationship with? We are so much better about this stuff now. Like, oh, we can give this person one black per- parent and one white parent. That's the thing that happens. Or this could be someone I've seen shows where like a white person had a black stepdaughter or stepson and then we have lots of completely black families now on TV, which is great, too. I'm not saying that I would get the same roles as Meghan Markle. I'm just saying, like, if you put, you know, you cast someone non-white in something, it's still a big fucking deal. So I saw her. I recognized her. I remember people's names. I'm that's I track this as my industry. So, like, I knew she was. And no, it wasn't from her blogs or anything. It's just because she was on a really, really popular show that had a bunch of seasons. So. When I found out that she was getting engaged to Harry, I thought, wow, she's sacrificing her whole career for love. That's what I thought. As much as I would love to be booed up and have someone to split my rent with, um, I just, she worked really hard to get the things that she has. And my image of a fulfilling life is not necessarily stopping everything you worked for and living only for one person. Call me really avant-garde. Um, so that being said, I was just very interested in what this would entail for her. And I want to like, let's, let's go the whole like girls want to be princesses thing. Yes. Yes. Girls want to be princesses, but you know what? We want to be fairy princesses. I don't know about you guys, But when I wanted to put on a crown and have tiaras and tutus and stuff, I wasn't like imagining myself as the sovereign entity over lands that I've pillaged and poisoned the water supply and enslaved people and stuff like that. I just kind of wanted to be magical, you know, like I wanted to be magical and have people have to do things for me, like fetch me my royal unicorn. You know, what are the princesses that you grew up with? Like Ariel is a mermaid uh, or Princess Jasmine. She has a pet tiger. She gets to show her midriff off. Those are the types of things that I'm that interest me. I never once in my life thought I would love to be part of the royal family of Britain, like wearing stiff tweed that comes down to my ankles and pencil skirts that have no stretch in them for the rest of my life and st- fascinators, which is a word I only learned at the time of the wedding. That's those spinning weird design thingies that put, they sit on the top of the little pillbox hats or the big hats. Like I, that never sounded fun to me. Mm, it just didn't sound fun. Um, so I want to like really, let's really interrogate this whole idea that Harry has something that she really wanted. Millions and millions of dollars that you can't do anything with you can't even paint your nails fun colors I think you can't paint your nails at all that sounds like a nightmare that sounds like a trick that sounds like when you have some sort of like 
ethical puzzle like would you rather have a million dollars and never be able to paint your nails would you rather live in an island with a coconut i'd pick the coconut suddenly you know when they got together everyone's misogyny and classism and racism came out of course she's a gold digger as if she's worth like was worth like five million dollars on her own i think um but suddenly she's a gold digger and she's just some bimbo actress that never had anything of her own. I think it's so funny how actresses are either like complete whores or like American royalty, depending on who the person is. And it was so interesting to be able to flip it to the whore option with this black woman or biracial woman, whatever you want to call her. So, you know, she's a gold digger. She doesn't have anything. She's like insinuating herself into this family. Um, I, I just don't. It was just weird to me. Like, she's not a rando, you know? If for you to be at a place in your life where you're friends with someone who is friends with the prince that could be like, hey, I think you two should meet, you probably made some moves for yourself for you to even get there, okay? Because he's not... I never match with Prince Harry on Tinder. So I just think, like, if whatever your antiquated idea of social circles and class is, she was in the class to meet him or she wouldn't have met him. And I I have big error quotes around like the class thing because I just think it's weird that Americans want to partake in this class idea anyway. Like, hello, didn't we fight a whole revolutionary war to get away from this? But I've always said that America's fascination with the royal family and stuff was weird to me. So the tabloids commence to do what they do. The British tabloids commence to completely attack and try to destroy this woman. The coverage was racist. It was always casting her some sort of sex pot, racist, Jez- uh, sorry, not her as racist, some sex pot like Jezebel Harlot trying to just get into shit where she didn't belong. She- everything she wore was wrong. They didn't like when she got pregnant, she was holding her stomach for some reason. I don't understand what would be wrong with that. They attacked her for, um, they said her baby was a gorilla. There was a, a, a article a cartoon that came out depicting him as a gorilla. This isn't this is a baby who's like one eighth black, by the way. So just just so just to get an idea of like what how pervasive race these ideas of race are that it you, you don't even have to look black. It's just that they know that you are you're a gorilla. You fit into these these stereotypes when even if someone couldn't tell you were black by looking at you. So then um, there was a time a couple months ago, I guess last year at this point, like well into last year, where Harry did come. He made a statement that he was dismayed by the the press that she was receiving. Um, And then I did cover on here how recently she cried when a reporter asked her how she was doing. And she said that he was the first person that asked her that and that it's been really hard and that she thought there was some sort of line between you know, making cunty comments about her clothes and just lying. Not to mention her own family is insane. She's got a stepsister like 10, 15 years older than her that is releasing scurrilous things in the press and her dad is a nut job. So I think it's really funny how we have a 50% divorce rate in America. We come from all manner of homes that are broken. And so, and even if your home doesn't seem broken on the outside, people be sleeping on one couch in separate rooms. And yet I see in social media, people saying, well, look at her family. She broke up her family. She did. If you have one parent you get along with, that's more than many people. So the idea that her parents got divorced, she's very close with her mom, who she looks exactly like this beautiful black woman with dreadlocks from Compton. That's who came to the royal wedding. And her dad, who is like, you know, her mom decided to separate from is still seems like someone you wouldn't want to be with. Doesn't that kind of just like make sense? I I don't I don't get it. So it's it's just it's just bad. So anyway, this announcement comes out and the press has lost its mind. We have people saying that Megan emasculated him. We have uh What's his name? Oh, I always block it out because I hate him so much. Oh, yeah. Sean Hannity producer called her very uppity. I don't correct me if I'm wrong, white listeners. Maybe do you guys even say this ever? Because am I where I come from? Uppity is exclusively followed by the word Negro or nigger. There's no there's you're it's just an uppity nigger, uppity Negro. There's no other 
It's like it is a slur. There's no other use. I've never heard anyone say uppity in any other context in my whole life. So everyone knows what is going on here. We understand the deal. Not to mention the fact when you talk about things that you don't want to be a part of, I was serious about the fact that there's nothing to be proud of with the British legacy. Why would she, it would be weird if she had been planning her whole life to be princess of an empire that enslaved her family and many other people's families around the world. Like they, Britain has fucked up like most of the countries in existence. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just don't, I don't understand what's honorable about that. We really have to pull ourselves out of this colonial mentality and stop just licking ass and boots of anything white and old because if you think about it what exactly is 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 an accomplishment about being born into into a certain place so i was also shocked when i read the comments from british people about she's destroying our family she's destroying our tradition da, 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 da. i did not know that's that stockholm syndrome was just y'all like y'all like being serfs and peasants because none of you commenting on the internet are part of the royal family. So what is it about having some people that are arbitrarily born into positions of power over you that makes you feel like, yeah, we got this system right. We, it's Everything makes sense. I just know when I go to bed, I'm worthless. And then when I wake up, if ever this person knocks on my door, I will get on the ground and let them use my back as a doormat to wipe their feet off on. That is my role. I'm do. I'm stick. I like that's where I fit in. I don't. I, I thought. I thought they like knew that it was something. I thought it was just a thing. I don't know. I. I probably sound. That sounds. I now. I sound like. I, I already talked about how people have no idea the context of what's going on in other countries. Now I sound stupid because I really thought that they kind of like. You. I mean, you have parliament. You have the body that actually makes laws. So I thought that we just kept the British, um, the, the royal family around as just, it's just been here a long time and they're figureheads, empty figureheads. They don't really do anything. So back to Harry and Meghan's announcement. So there was, the tea on the street was that there was a lot of different contradic- contradictory stories. First it was that they just went and made this announcement and it was rude. Um, I think even like, Wendy Williams said it was rude that it was on social media, but I mean, social media is evolving and it is the way people communicate with people largely now. I mean, if a publicist were to say it for them, I guess it would go in a paper, but eventually just be retweeted in a bunch of social media. I mean, that's the way papers are online. I mean, it's all kind of social media at this point. People are getting to the links from social media. So apparently... There's one story, one narrative that they made this announcement without talking to the queen first. I saw a lot of you don't do that to the queen comments. And I'm like, well, (laughs) they just did. They just did. And then the other story was that they've been discussing it. The queen's like, write it down. Write down what you have in mind. He's like, I don't want to write it down because it's going to get leaked. And then it got leaked. You and I will not know. I saw a lot of, so the financial independence part, they want to be financially independent. This made people angry. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. They were financially independent. You, sure. I'd like to see you. I'm like, they're not poor, guys. So I don't know what you're wishing on them, but that's not going to happen. They're not poor. They're not going to be poor. They weren't poor when it started. They weren't poor individually. So I think he's worth 42 million. She's worth 5 million. And they have the potential to make much more. They've trademark, uh, they've trademarked a lot of things already for clothing, for charities. Um, but on their website, they have a website that they've started called Sussex Royals, which I think is really interesting. That's what they've trademarked. And they are really creating their own brand, honestly, because it is a new thing. And so they have the long um, FAQ page where they're explaining where all the money comes from and how royals live. And honestly, it contains literal infographics. And it was it was so confusing that it was just a reminder that this this shit is so complicated and old and, and random. But 
Basically, I did highlight the part where it says, how much does the British royal family cost each UK taxpayer? The contribution from UK taxpayers towards the full overhead of the British monarchy is equivalent to approximately one pound per head per year. That means that everyone who feels like they're supporting them should just like move to America, I guess, so you actually have something to complain about because I saw a lot of complaints about that. And it also scarily means that that's the amount of wealth that has been amassed from, you know, the artifacts, African statues that they won't give back and gold and diamonds and silk is just like will last them for the rest of their lives. It's a little disturbing to think about. Oh, not to mention the um, the wealth made from insuring the slaves as cargo on slave ships. Uh, but yeah. Enough of that. You get you get you get my point about the fact that this is not like a fairy kingdom. It's not something that you should really like aspire to join. And I think somewhere in his heart, Harry knows that because he's married a black woman. I'm sure she's not, you know, she's it's just a different perspective. Like you you know, you don't have reverence for the stuff that you didn't grow up having reverence for. So A, that's a different perspective. And B, I mean, their lives consist of going around to places they helped ruin and taking pictures of of like orphans there and waving with them. So Megan was trying to contribute more and use her platform as an actress to empower women. She was doing a lot of stuff she didn't have to do way before she met him. Like you could just be on TV and mind your business because a lot of times it's only the super, super famous people that are heavily into charity because they just honestly, it's a tax write off. And at that point, it's like everyone knows your net worth is 100 million. You look like a douche if you don't just give a little something. So she's always been about this life. And now she and Harry want to forge some future they want to do something. They might not know what it is yet. And guess what? That's the beautiful part of life. And that is the beautiful part of it being their life. They don't know. For the people saying, well, she knew what she was getting into. So that's the whole like, I guess I've addressed that if you want to leave just because it's a useless position. And he's seventh in line for the throne. I don't know if everyone doesn't know that. He's never going to be king. There's no reason for him to just stay around there like a lapdog. It just doesn't seem like a satisfying existence. But then there's other people that have been peddling this. Well, she knew what she was getting into. Why are you changing things? I don't know. Why do women have the vote? Like, what can we really say to something like that? Because um, she tried it and she doesn't like it. Like, all of your issues with her ha- are have to be undergirded by this sort of respect for tradition, for things staying the same that I simply don't have and you should not have either. There is nothing wrong with joining a new family, trying to see how it works out for you, and then realizing, oh, y'all are cray, 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 and you're not going to protect me from the media and the press that is extra cray, cray. You're going to ignore the fact that I'm black and I'm getting all the kind of same vitriol and focus that helped kill my husband's mother, and you're just going to, you know, we're just going to carry on as normal, and you're going to wear like a jolly nigger brooch to meet me? That was what, which one of those uh, royals did that? It was the outlandishly racist uh, Princess Michael Kent, who uh, she was wearing this, this brooch was a black face with gold jewelry. It was, um, it looked like the way lots of black people or Moors, as they were called in that time period, were depicted in certain art from, you know, the Elizabethan period. However, yes, and this is a, this is Queen Elizabeth II's first cousin. She wore it to meet Meghan, which I don't think, like, you choose your jewelry every day intentionally. We're saying the word intentionally a lot this show. But you pick an outfit and you think about where you're going. So, I mean, boom. Also, in 2004, she t- reportedly told a, black, a bunch of black customers in the West Village at a restaurant to go back to the colonies after she complained they were being too noisy. So that is the advanced version of Go Back to Africa, except it's the one where I own Africa. So go back to the colonies. And she also said uh, later she denied making any racial slurs. And to defend that, that, she said, I even pretended years ago to be an African, a half-caste African. Half-caste is what we say in Nigeria. They say that for um, biracial, half-caste. 
But because of my light eyes, I did not get away with it, but I dyed my hair black. Um, when you see a picture of her, you will be confused as to how any of this was ever feasible. Um, okay. Anyway, that's to say that is bullshit. So once you're in a bullshit situation, you're allowed to leave. Please do leave. And lastly, Harry's part in all this is so much more prominent than anyone is really considering he has never acted like he wanted. He was third in line for the throne before his brother had kids. Now he's seventh. And he was always walling out, doing wild stuff. Wasn't he partying with Rihanna um, recent, a few years ago? There was just a lot going on. And he never really acted like he was about this straight-laced tradition. Then he lost his mother. He watched the press. You know, I, I just... There's an excerpt from a documentary about Diana and some of this stuff. I was a kid, too, when this happened. So I don't always remember like every part of it as well. But Hugh Grant was interviewed and he said that, you know, when when Diana's car crashed, she was still alive. She had a severe head injury, but she was still alive. And it was the people taking photographs of her watching her die instead of getting help that contributed to her death. And it's kind of the equivalent. I mean, those that those were cameras with the big flash back then. But it's like when people stand around with their iPhones and record bad things happening today. So Harry watched that happen. He watched the intense, intense vitriol with which people were focusing on Megan. And why would he let that happen to his family again? Your biggest your doesn't the Bible say something like cleave on to your wife or something? I don't know. When you when you're growing up, your family is your nuclear family, your parents, your siblings. And then when you make a new family, that's the new family you protect. You're the head of that household. So I don't understand why it's strange to people that he would want to shield his family from this nonsense. And he has said to a friend, a source in the press, I'm not going to let them do to Megan what they did to my mother, period. So I just think. It's such an interesting intersection of misogyny, racism, classism. There's so many things going on here from the beginning of the way that we view him as the one who's a prize. I always viewed her as a prize. I'm like, oh, he gets to marry someone who's not fucking boring and just went to boarding school and was groomed to always try to snatch one of these boys up. How lucky for him. I always saw it that way. So I'm very I was just like, look. I, you know, whatever, if she had to put her foot down, whatever, sometimes people want you to take them out of a crazy situation. In general, the idea that two people who decided to merge their lives together, who have such very interesting lives and very public responsibilities, didn't have these kinds of discussions and see a path forward and know what they wanted to do together and have some inkling of what it might ask of them is so weird. So Thank you for imbuing women with so much devious power. But I don't think that you can actually just go shake up a man and get him to leave stuff he didn't want to leave. Like it's it's marriage. It's, It's just so interesting. Here is a black woman did what we uphold as the conservative moral standard. Right. She got married. She's not you know, Stormy Daniels, like bribing him. I don't, I don't understand. So she, they were married. Marriage is sacred, according to some people, including the same people trying to drag her in the situation. So I'm rambling, but my point was amongst the double standards, triple standards, quadruple standards, that you can do all these things you're supposed to do. You can be married, be a married woman, but then as a woman of color, you're still getting this kind of trollop harlot home wrecker yeah they're basically treating it like a home wrecker narrative and it's so interesting just don't forget that you can't do anything right in the eyes of white supremacy so do whatever the fuck you want topple kingdoms all right thank you for sticking around for another episode of cake and booch I will catch you next Thursday as always you can email your thoughts question comments to cake and kombucha at gmail.com and we're also going to have a big social media rollout the end of this week i'm very excited to show you a new logo so the logo will be changing the show's the same everything else is the same we're just gonna freshen things up for the new year but you know where to find me 
Peace. Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer Kelechi Azia. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out MelanieJBCharles.com.